On today's episode for more unapologetically, I want to talk about the lack of awareness that goes into choosing a partner. I think in society, there's way more chatter on if you're dating period versus what type of person you're dating and potentially looking at a long-term relationship with, whether that's marriage, whether that is just a partnership. And I really want to bring more awareness around it because quite honestly, I don't think it was talked about when I was seriously dating my ex-husband and you assume, well, if you're raised right, you know, you have a great model of what a relationship looks like, which I did. My parents have a wonderful marriage. They've been married for, oh gosh, over 35 years, I think at this point. And they treat each other wonderfully, both of them. Um, and they set a great example, but that didn't, that did not innately mean I understood the qualities to search for within a partner. And I do think that there is becoming more vocalization around it, but I just kind of want to spend this time talking about what should be important to you when you're thinking about A, long-term relationships, whether that is marriage or not, but then also if you are interested in having children, really understanding what type of person you're going to be raising children with. And those are obviously two very different things to think about. But if, if they're on your radar, they're things to consider and really take into note and take it seriously. So for starters, I think far often we base a potential long-term viability within a partner on looks. And again, I think we are veering away from this a little bit, but if you were to sit down and make a list of your top qualities, I would hope like while physical attraction is absolutely important, that is not what this podcast episode is about. This is purely about characteristics in somebody you are choosing to spend your time with and potentially have a family with someday. Um, so let's go ahead and take looks out of the picture entirely because it's just irrelevant to what is important long-term and looks do fade. I mean, okay, if, if hair is on your list, what if he balds five years into marriage? Does that quantify a reason for divorce? Um, so that's why I don't want to spend too much time on that just because it's so subjective. But let's talk about actual qualities that I think are really critical when looking at long-term viability. So for starters, um, while this is not the end-all be-all, I definitely would look at the person's relationship with their friends and their family. Um, obviously, there are exceptions to this rule because what happens if they have a really toxic family that they have removed themselves from or just certain kind of nuances to that? But for the most part, if somebody has a non-toxic family, pay attention to their relationship with their parents. How do they speak to their mother or or caregivers? You know, how how do they speak to their siblings if they have any? Um, do they keep up with them? And again, the keeping up or closeness with siblings is not necessarily any type of tell-all because there are a lot of great individuals that don't have close relationships with their siblings. You can't obviously pick who your family is in that regard. But 
again, how do they speak of them as well? I think paying attention to that is very critical because how they speak of them is indicative of other things and that doesn't go just with family but it's other relationships they have in their life and the similar context of how frequently do you hear them talk derogatory about other people um you know do you catch them kind of going into that victim mentality when they're discussing other people or circumstances rather than taking ownership which we'll get into that in a minute but back to the relationship piece um And again, like, I think this can go both ways on that, like, a little bit cause for concern, maybe some red flag behaviors, maybe being really disrespectful to their mother if they have one or or things like that. Um, It can go the other other way as well, where maybe it's a little bit clear that they don't have boundaries with their their family. Um, That is something I really (laughs) wish I would have been aware of because I just thought, you know, this person comes from a great family. They have great relationships. But if you pay attention to those relationships, I do think they speak volumes. And then that's another thing. I I think paying attention to the type of relationship that was modeled for them in marriage, because um, I know speaking from personal circumstances, I watched obviously over the course of a lot of years with this person, but I watched their father really not prioritize their mother ever. And that was a huge thing within our relationship where I was never prioritized either. But I'm not making excuses for individuals. I do think sometimes people model what they know or what they feel is the right way to kind of proceed with things. And at the end of the day, I do think there are some really key points that kind of showcase a person's characteristics and how they are going to treat you in the relationship. Um, And then again with the friends. If you've met the friends and have spent time with them, what kind of relationships are they? Is he a good friend? Is he reliable? Or or she or whoever it is, are they reliable? Are they trustworthy? Um, or are they a flake to them? Are they the friend that nobody really wants to invite around? Um, also, if you've met the friends, do you like the friends? I think that's another piece because I think who you surround yourself with is such clear... It melds into who somebody is, right? I mean, who you're spending most of your time with is going to influence you. So are they making great decisions? Are they making poor decisions? Um, You know, are they propelling the person you want to be with forward or are they pulling them back? So all things to kind of look at in terms of relationships, I think. And I, again, understand there's one-offs. I think there are some people that maybe don't have a ton of friends, so I don't want to sit here and say there's any red flags for that as long as you're looking at the actual circumstances around it. Did they just move to a new city or a place that, that they don't know anybody yet well enough? Um, and maybe maybe they had some falling out issues for viable reasons from previous friend groups. I don't know, and I think a lot of that also depends on the age you are in life because it is a lot different having a bigger group of friends the younger you are and then the older you are. It kind of does fade off and you have your core group. Again, not everybody. I'm I'm hoping that you use your discernment with it, but really paying attention to what matters here and kind of like 
taking off those rose lenses and really paying attention to how they're treating those people and the relationships that they have in their life. Um, so that's a huge, huge one for sure. And then the other piece would be if they've had previous relationships, which some people might not have had anything serious, looking at why those ended. What are they saying about them? I know it's, this is all over the talk on, you know, if, um, a guy or a girl says, oh, like my ex was crazy, kind of red flags there, which is true. Um, but just kind of maybe paying attention. Like sometimes people will out themselves a little bit, um, with saying like things that their ex partner had a problem with. And you can kind of then do some internal work to understand if that would be, a deal breaker for you or if it's even something that's important to you or not um, everybody's standards or like expectations are completely different so I would say another really critical piece is everybody talks about butterflies within a relationship and that you know feeling of excitement but that's that's not actually in my opinion, the bar you need to set it at in terms of feelings. I saw a quote once and it said something along the lines of, that's great that so-and-so did XYZ for you, but, but do they calm your nervous system? And as somebody that had to get on anxiety medication from the stress and gaslighting and all the other things that my... Um, long-term relationship did to me when I remove myself from that situation I no longer had those negative feelings and you know now I'm in a relationship where I get that quote completely and fully because my partner now calms my nervous system in every way like he is my safe space there is nothing I can't share with him or tell him and just the way that I know I'm going to be validated supported encouraged it's always safe so how do they make you feel? And that's not just outside of, oh, it's so great that so-and-so got you flowers. Like those are really good gestures, um, buying you dinner. Whatever might be important to you is kind of like, you know, giving you those butterflies, but really asking yourself, okay, in the quiet moments when maybe they're not doing those things, how do they make you feel? Are they making you feel so safe and seen um, you know, not having to question when you're going to hear from them again, knowing that they are reliable to their word, that you can lean on them when times get hard. And that's another thing. When you want to think about the actual viability of a long-term relationship, life hard. Life is so hard and you can never predict what's going to come. You really can't. You could lose a parent, lose a sibling, lose a friend, uh, there's so many hardships that can throw your way. What type of characteristics does your partner show when dealing with hardships? Are they somebody that is going to crumble at the first sign of something difficult? Or can they rise up and really be resilient through it? And while I know not everybody is extremely resilient, I think that it's something to ask that's important to you because... If they fall off the deep end because of X, Y, and Z and really can't pick themselves up, ask yourself if you are comfortable carrying the weight of that relationship for however long they need. I'm not saying that's even wrong, obviously. Everybody goes through things differently, but 
really trying to prioritize yourself and your own needs and capabilities because I think so often people get into relationships thinking that it's all sunshine or thinking love is everything and it's just it's just not and it's okay if you want to look at something and say you know I really don't think I would be able to handle that by myself you know being honest with yourself is really important though on what your priorities are and what you need from a partner and what you're willing to give as well I think a lot of people can say Oh, you know, making sure um, household chores are split evenly. That's great. I would agree with that as well. I, would, I, I think that's awesome. However, some people want to be the caretaker. And maybe that isn't sustainable long term. But it's hard to say. Some people genuinely enjoy it. That is their passion. They want to do it all. They want to cook. They want to clean. They, they want to take on that mental load and burden. And it's not a burden to them is the difference. But I think really asking yourself what your priorities are in a partner because so often in society I think we just make these excuses that you know oh so and so I had to I had to remind them or they said if I make them a list they'll do these things like that's fine if that's what you're okay with but I I think we make excuses far too often for grown individuals um, and kind of sidestep our own well-being and needs because again if that's what you want end of story like nobody can tell you any different you should be living your relationship exactly as you want to be but if what you want is for them to empty the dishwasher without being asked that's not a hard concept it's just not and I'm so tired of this idea that it it's very typical in the um, heterosexual relationship dynamic, you know, saying men can't do X, Y, and Z, or oh, are all husbands the same? No, they're not. And this this is not just heterosexual. It can be in any type of partnership. But I am tired of the excuses we make. People do what they want to do. And that is just end of story. If you've told your partner 1,700 times that you need them to handle you know making sure the kitchen is clean because maybe they work from home all day and you know they have the time to do it and yet it's a mess with dishes in the sink every day when you get home no you know it's not our job to have to take on that burden if we're also playing our our healthy role in the relationship as well so it's your partner's job to figure it out are they setting alarms and to remind themselves like what do they need to do to hold themselves accountable which then goes back to the characteristics. What is important to you? Because it is very, very normal to sidestep our own needs and make excuses. But I think at the end of the day, what I really want to get across is you can have it all in a relationship. You really can. That doesn't mean I think it's perfect because it's not. Nobody's perfect. And you are bringing individuals together with their imperfectness and hoping for a great relationship forever. But I do think with the right relationship, you can have honest conversations, not having repeat conversations. You know, are you having the same fight, rinse and repeat all the time for years after years? Like that's not a relationship. That's just, you know, somebody is not hearing you or listening or holding up there in the bargain because it's it's supposed to be a partnership. And I think that, again, so often we paint this narrative in society that marriage is hard relationships are hard life's hard you know and and you have to work through a lot of stuff but with the right partner it doesn't actually feel hard I can't count 
how many times that I've, you know, felt sad or, or maybe my partner has done something that hasn't thrilled me, right? And it's never been a fight. Not like what I used to know where it was very um, loud and not productive and nothing would ever really get solved because in the end, my ex-partner would just repeat the same thing that we were fighting about in the first place. I have never had to tell my current partner something twice or how I felt twice. You know, they hear me, they see me, they validate me, and they take complete ownership over that. And that's normal. I did not, I did not fall into this relationship with a unicorn. And I just, I am so tired of this idea that we normalize bad relationships when that's just not the case. And something that I've gotten into, you know, really digging deep into divorce coaching is that I want people to have a better future. Or if you're in a bad relationship, I want you to know it's okay to leave. I think I felt for so long like I didn't have a valid enough reason to leave even though I was miserable because I thought everything was status quo for what a marriage should be. And, you know, the fact that I was a nagging wife that really fit those, you know, comics that we all see growing up and and things of that sort. And it's just not. It's it's really not and I think I wish there was more education around qualities to look for in a partner. And again, I do want to reiterate, reiterate, excuse me, that I don't think everybody's standards are the same. And I do think everybody's thresholds are different. But what I would hope that the start of this episode would do is really cause somebody some introspection. Like if you already have some doubts or you're kind of like, you know, I'm not sure if this is how I should be treated. Ask yourself how you want to be treated. And I mean, be honest because I have one of my best friends that I've known for so long just got out of a horrible relationship where his partner constantly told him he was not doing good enough, constantly. And he, in fact, was doing a great job in his eyes. You know, he was meeting the standards X, Y, and Z. And quite frankly, she was not really bringing anything to the table. She was just going off of movies a bit younger and kind of romanticizing this idea of all of these things a partner does that really weren't realistic. And she wasn't really participating in the relationship anymore. She was just complaining and kind of bringing down, um, you know, the relationship and other people they went around. And while I do, I think my friend is perfect. No, I don't at all. Um, but I do think that as long as you're being realistic with your ideas, which is that someone treats you with kindness and respect and you can have conducive arguments. I think again, it's this idea that it's normalized to have these big blowout fights, but that should not be the norm. Um, you know, raising your voice, being derogatory with your partner, um, belittling them really anything that's not conducive because at the end of the day you look at all these characteristics and the ones that I mentioned in the beginning as well with their relationships with their family and their relationship with their friends and I think it's important to understand respect is at the core of any successful relationship do you genuinely respect the person you're with and I think if that's no you're probably not with the right person. 
And I, again, I think so many people normalize this idea that you need to fight forever for this partnership, you know, marriage is forever, things like that. And you know what? It's okay to walk away when something is no longer aligned with what is going to make you the best version of yourself. Does this person push you forward in every way in the best way? Supporting, encouraging, you know, can you look at this person and say, oh my gosh, you are my better half truly better half without a doubt you make me want to be a better person if they don't you are not with the right person and I just want to be very clear about that because so often you can sit there and make all these internal excuses or look at all these reasons why you should stay maybe you have kids together maybe you've already put 10 years into the relationship maybe you're scared to be alone but Life is so short and are you really willing to stick around in a relationship that doesn't light you up in every way, shape, and form? That doesn't make you just wake up loving life, feeling so lucky to be with that person? And, you know, maybe if those reasons outweigh that you don't want to be alone or X, Y, and Z, you know, I am never going to force something on somebody But I do think at the end of the day, you know the answer in your heart. And I think realizing and looking at core qualities of the ideal partner you should be with, I do think you know deep down. If you get honest with yourself, if you listen to your body, if you listen to the way it responds to that person, if you listen to the way it makes you feel every day, you know. And I just want to put that ownership back on you as an individual to be honest with yourself and pay attention when you are looking at long-term partners or looking at your current relationship or your current marriage and evaluating if it's still aligned with who you are and who you want to be. And, you know, maybe you want to fight for that, but I also want to be realistic and just say that People typically don't fully change. You can change, but I do think at your core, you kind of are who you are. And especially if someone's a cheater, more than likely they're not going to change. So just be realistic with what you want out of a partnership, what you want long-term, and the type of person you want raising your children because all of those characteristics and qualities previously listed are going to directly impact your child. They are going to be watching you and this person interact every single day and that is going to be their value for how they're treated. So if your partner doesn't respect you, does belittle you, um, doesn't listen to you, doesn't bring you joy, make you smile, they're watching that every single day. And if you, you know, if it's a guy, if you're married to a man and you have a son, they're watching that. And that is how they are going to treat a future partner. And I do think a lot of times people make excuses to stay because of children. But I think children are the number one reason to leave, if anything, because they are going to thrive so much more long-term in life if you are actually giving them an example of what a healthy and happy relationship in life looks like. You don't even need to get in another relationship to show them that you valuing yourself, your own self-worth, your own future, that is setting an example for them. Staying in something that is unhappy, unhealthy, unfulfilling, we often forget that our children are not always children. They are going to grow up and 
understand the relationship you are in and understand it for what it is. And it is likely that they're not going to respect you. They're going to think less of you. Like it actually has the opposite effect of what people initially try to make it out to be when saying that they're staying for the children. So I just want to bring all of these things to light because I think we can do better in understanding the type of people and partners that we pick to do life with. And again, I don't think everything's perfect and and maybe you did all these steps and somebody changed along the way, but I think that's where it's important to just be honest with yourself and really reevaluate as time goes on. If if you're checking in with yourself and you're not as happy as you want to be, why is that? And again, maybe that's a you problem. Maybe it's not a partner problem, but being really honest with yourself, set yourself up for success because life is too short and the second you settle, you get even less than what you settled for.